Hi guys, and welcome back to the Spring and Equestrian podcast, and welcome to season two. Um, I'm really excited to bring you guys into this season because I'm integrating interviews, and it's been so amazingly enjoyable for me to communicate and to just connect with everybody in the equestrian industry um, and people from all different walks and facets of the industry. So it's quite the variety, and it's very interesting. I hope you guys enjoy this content, and if you want to be part of it, you can email me at springandequestrian at gmail.com because I want to keep this really community level. Everybody has a story to tell, and we can learn something from each other. So don't hesitate. If you're looking for new material or new updates, my website springanek.com will always have those. And without further ado, let's get into season two. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Spring and Equestrian podcast. Today I'm here with Brittany, she's the founder of the Equestrian Strength Coach, and she's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, um, and also has a myriad of certifications that I will let her explain, but um, she has her own podcast, she's a coach, and she is an experienced powerlifter. Um, I think you said CrossFit too. And um, yeah, so take it away. I wanna know kind of all of those things, and then, Tell me a little bit about um, your riding background and how you got into at least the horse stuff, and we'll we'll come back to it with the strength training stuff. All right. So I am, like you said, a strength and conditioning coach. I'm also a nutrition coach through Precision Nutrition. I have been riding since before I was born. Really, my mom um, is a trainer and professional. So I was born into the business. We had our own barn. Um, And then when I went to college, a little bit before that, she sold the barn because I wanted to be in law enforcement, which is something that isn't on there. But uh, I did, like you said, I did start out doing CrossFit and then I went more competitively into powerlifting. I teach and ride full-time for our show barn which is on long island and a bunch of other things like my podcast within my schedule yeah that's awesome i don't know how you have the time to do all that but um what about so can you tell me about is it uh, a facility that you own and you run and you or is it one that you train out of or how is that structured so when i was younger we had our own facility which is now, um, it's the, the property itself is still within our family, wow. but we work out of another barn now. Okay, and so we, is that you and your mom still? Me, yeah, me, my mom, and my sister, Alexa, who wow. uh, is doing that quotation. She's going to college to ride this but, coming year, if they're allowed to go to college. Yeah, wow, okay, that's fantastic. So um, does that facility or program have a name? It's out of Stony Hill, but we're, um, Aureliano Equestrian. Okay, awesome. So you have that business. So you're riding and coaching full time, obviously doing like show seasons and that kind of thing with your students as well. Yeah. And yeah. then you have um, this strength coaching business, which is somewhat, you have actually digital products or like online products that you can sell to people, but you also have a home gym where you do your most of your clients that are riding clients, is that how it's structured? 
So I don't, I used to be a personal trainer. Okay. Um, maybe when I was, I started when I was 18 or 19 and that was all in person, but I do a lot of online coaching. So I actually have a few people from Canada um, and a bunch of people out West and all over the country. So I do mostly online. I will take my students or, um, you know, if people come to me and they live around me, they could come into my gym and I'll coach them. But my nutrition coaching is online. I do have some programs that you could buy online, but I, I'm not a fan of a generic single program. Yeah. Uh, so most of what's online and what I do is individual. So I have a platform that I work off of that people could just download an app on their phone and there I am. That's so cool. So is it in like, is it live too? Or is it you kind of like make, um, I mean, I imagine that there's live portions of it, right? So what, what I do, let's say you were a client coming yeah. to me, I would send you a questionnaire. We would go over, you know, the, the basic things, you know, what, what your strength background is, what your training background is, what you have available to you. Uh, and then we would go into, and, and how I'm different from just any other personal trainer that could go online, is we would go into your riding and what you want from that. So let's say you are somebody who's taken 10 years off and is coming back after maybe you just started the family and now you have the time to get back into riding. We would look at your goals for that. Or if you are somebody, like I work with some equitation riders, if you're somebody of that caliber, then I would coach you through the various seasons of what their year would look like, which is why I don't like to do the generalized program where you kind of just click yeah. buy and uh, that's it. So I actually just um, did a podcast and I have an article on my website about how I would program for, like how I create a program. Fantastic. Uh, so you would download an app on your phone. Uh, it's called True Coach. And your program for the week, I like to program weekly, would be up there with a video of your exercises and then we communicate through that app. Wow, that's so cool. So how, when did the kind of fusion of the strength training and the personal training kind of come into the equestrian coaching and training there? So knowing I'm a very scientific kind of nerdy person and knowing what I know about strength training and being a rider for over 20 years, when I was looking at this and, and I am a super shy person, yeah. so people would tell me for years, oh, Brittany, you have to do this. You know, you really should um, coach riders. So a few years of listening to that, I'm thinking to myself, riding is an Olympic sport, right? So when you look at all of the other Olympic sports, those athletes have very regimented lives, like out of their sport and in the gym, nutrition, everything. 
And we could get into so much about maybe why riding isn't like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt that it was a disservice to riders not to make them feel like they are the real athletes that they are. So I want the, the goal always was to kind of be an educator in strength and riding and not so much somebody that's just going to post pre-made viable workouts. You know, like I want to look at every rider as an individual, no matter what caliber they ride at, because yeah. even if they ride well above the caliber that I ride at, like I train a lot of young horses mm -hmm. uh, and that's really my thing. I love the, the babies. So let's say they're a Grand Prix rider. Mm -hmm. I might not be able to go jump those Grand Prix jumps, but I could sit there and say, okay, well, this is the program in the gym that you're going to need. And these are the best exercises that you're gonna do. And then we'll program around whatever schedule it is that you have. Because if you look at, let's take football players, for example, they have their preseason, in-season, postseason, uh, off-season. And the program is always based around that. Riding is a little bit different depending on who you ride for I guess yeah. or, or the barn you ride at because we show all year long um we never stop so I program I do all my sister's programming I'll use her as an example and depending on where we're at in the show season is what I'm going to program for her so right now she's doing a ton of work in the gym um, it's much higher volume work, meaning she's doing more reps, more sets, because she has the time to recover. Yeah. And she doesn't have to go step into the equitation ring and I'm not worried about her being sore or, you know, not feeling super, super energized. Because when, you know, when you do work out hard, yeah. you kind of need the time to recover and waking up at four in the morning to go show isn't going to allow you that time. Yeah. And we're also focusing a lot on her nutrition. So, and I also have an online platform for that also that, you know, you just kind of download on your phone and I'm right there. That's amazing. I mean, it's so, um, it's very unique, but it's also, there's a wide variety of people that probably could seriously benefit from that kind of tailored training and, um, I'd be interested to know what your customers kind of, do you get a lot of, your your focus more on competition riders or pleasure riders, or is there a mix of both? And then the age ranges that you kind of deal with more regularly. Definitely a mix of both. Um, I deal with kids from, you know, I had a seven year old who was in the gym with me, I do a lot of barbell work okay. and this is, that's a whole other very long topic we could get into, but to keep it a little bit shorter, I taught her to squat with the bar on her back, mm -hmm. press the bar and deadlift with very, very good form and, um, which is hard for a lot of kids. But so when you're working with that age range, a lot of kids don't have a sense of body awareness. Mm -hmm. So when 
when you have a kid who you put on the horse for the first time, you know, when they like go to, you teach them to post and they go up really, really fast and they slam down. So working out for them is just kind of understanding how their body functions. And when you tell them to, you know, you could, I don't know if you've ever run into this problem where you tell somebody to sit up or a kid and they go like this yeah, and they know how to sit up. So taking them off the horse and putting them in the gym and helping them do that is super beneficial. And with pleasure riders, whether they be that young or, you know, the, the younger kid that was lifting was a competitive rider. So she got a lot of confidence out of that, which was the goal, you know, to, to be super confident in her own abilities. But when I work with more pleasure riders, no matter their age, that's what I find they mostly get out of that because sometimes they're, or, or most of the adult pleasure riders that I have, and you know, when I say pleasure riders, sometimes if, if they're my riders, they'll show a couple of times a year or sometimes they just go to the show for fun. Yeah. Um, and they also get a ton of confidence out of that. So when they feel super strong, if the horse does something, you know, if the horse is kind of just being a horse that day, they're not so nervous about it. And then with the more competitive riders, we're more so looking at where they may have technique issues and focusing on that in the gym. So for example, um, my, I am kind of a little bit, when I used to be um, a hunter rider, like not used to be, <laughs> I love the hunters. Yes. So my pet peeve in the hunters is when people throw their bodies on top of their horse's neck. Yeah. And that is my biggest pet peeve. I understand, you know, like, I may be wrong, this may just be my opinion, but back in the day, the thing was kind of like the really big release. Yeah. And um, that's not so much, I find that like, when it's people actually, don't have strength yeah. to hold themselves up. So we work a lot of that and, and fixing that. Or if people's legs swing too far back, which is also something I see a lot in the hunters, um, or whether they're an equitation rider or not, and they kind of just want to step up their act game, you could take a lot of what you're doing on the horse and practice it off, but not in the same sense. So when you're riding, and I'm going on a total tangent. No, keep right? going. We have time, and I'm like right in it. So go, go for it. <laughs> when, when I also have another article about um, sports-specific training. So when you're riding, you're obviously practicing your sport. When we're in the gym, we could fix certain like strength issues, but it's never going to be exercises where we're using a band and, and pretending like we're pulling on reins. And I always use this example when I'm talking to people on Instagram. We're, we're pulling on reins or we're balancing on a ball or anything like that because that doesn't turn over to your sport at all. Um, so if you start practicing things like that, like pulling back on bands, you're kind of just building habit to have harder hands because that's all you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And then when you do balance exercises, like on a ball, you're 
body. And I learned this when I was riding a motorcycle and falling asleep oh while God. I was on the back of a motorcycle. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh my God, what if I fall off the side? Your body is going to catch itself before you fall, right? Yeah. So when people are sitting on balance balls and we're standing on it, you're never just going to fall yeah. off your horse. Yeah. So better lifting weights and actually strengthening the muscles instead of acting like balancing is going to transfer over to riding. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. The, the strength in a rider, like to me, is dictated by how much balance and strength they have with no reliance on the horse whatsoever. It's like being exactly. really core based and not relying on rain to actually hold themselves in any kind of position. And same thing with the teetering, the balance, you know, like that a hundred percent makes sense. Um, and it's so, this is so interesting to me because um, it's like a slow upward curve I'm seeing of this becoming like more of a talked about kind of um, popular area in riding. I don't know from your experience if you know of a lot of people that do this and it's been around, but in mine, I just don't ever recall it being something that, like my trainer never talked about even working out outside of riding, right? So that was, um, yeah. I, I think there's still a lot of that, but I wish that I met you like 10 years ago because uh, <laughs> riding does create really bad muscle imbalances, at least for me, without, you know, like actually working on things outside of being on a horse. And I have just, you know, destroyed my body that way. So it's super uh, relevant and very interesting to me. I wonder, um, do you deal with a lot of people that have riding or not riding related injuries and kind of like rehabbing that? Or are you mo mostly kind of just performance based? So, Technically, I can't can't rehab that because okay. I'm not a physical therapist. Right. But you know, I, I could tell somebody that and say, "Listen, I'm not a physical therapist, but in my 20 plus years of riding and strength training, this is how I feel." Mm -hmm. Right. So, so my hips, for example, um, I got an X-ray of them, and a lot of a lot of coaches, strength coaches, will tell you you are not your x-ray or MRI results. Meaning that if you have certain injuries, and let's say you could function totally fine, you, you can't let those injuries deter you from strength training. If you're clear to train. So my hips, for example, from riding for so long are super uneven. Yeah. Um, and I notice it, but it doesn't hurt me unless I don't work out. So now I work out and, and I think this may scare people sometimes because I work out at such a caliber because I'm a competitive lifter. Yeah. So I personally lift hundreds of pounds, but you don't have to do that as a rider. Yeah. Do I think that you should be able to lift at least your body weight as in like, you know, let's I weigh 137 pounds. I want to put 137 pounds on the bar and be able to squat and deadlift that because my horse is well over my body weight. Yeah. So, so I can, you know, aid them in saying, you know, doing single leg work 
really helps make my hips feel more balanced or you know doing the shoulder mobility exercises really helps when you know if you watch a video of me ride my shoulders are pretty grounded mm -hmm. now i'm not an ec rider and my posture doesn't impair anything that i do in my day so it's not something that i'm super concerned about okay. uh, if i was looking at an equitation rider then you know that's something that i would be concerned about so it's just you know i can't um rehab somebody that just got injured no no i mean i in terms of you know like we have these like lifelong as riders the lifelong things that we complain about like there's always oh, right so there's always something so in terms of rehabilitation i'm talking more like maybe not necessarily someone actually you know broke or fractured or tore something but just that nagging injury of just being a rider but that um that's a, such a great point that you made about how you know your your x-rays and your mris don't shouldn't deter you from strength training i mean i'm very new to that even because i you know riding for so long and not working like working certain muscles over and over i blew out a bunch of discs in my back from just and I do babies too, so it's like <laughs> hanging on and just being oh, in, not worrying about how I'm riding, just being effective. And then looking back how badly that impacted even just my the muscle, muscular structure and uh, what came of that. I mean, last year, um, it had gotten to a point that like everything was so tight in front and so blown out in behind and weak. I wasn't like working my mid back muscles for any reason. It was just kind of extended. And I got to a point where I was in so much pain, like nerve pain everywhere. Things were pinching things. You know, I had um, like bladder symptoms and pelvic symptoms and then back symptoms and collarbone symptoms. And then it just turned into a full blown like I'm in the hospital dying and no one can figure out what's wrong with me. Like I, I just felt, I felt so much pain and, um, essentially like it, the structure, like I did, I do have the discs, but it doesn't really speak to what kind of happened. That was a, like a earlier mm -hmm. injury. But what I learned is that, you know, regardless of MRIs and CAT scans and x-rays, no matter what those look like, the, relationship between like the cartilage and the muscle and the tendons and all of those things that are really the functioning parts of our body that we can strengthen is what was create like th that imbalance in my body was creating so many symptoms that I just couldn't possibly wrap my head around like how does that put me in so much pain yet I know so many people that suffer from so many random issues that are related to riding um so the, the strength training for me, I mean, my fiance is, he does powerlifting and that kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, is he down there? Because I should go get him to come talk to you. But he, um, yeah, he, you know, kept saying to me for a very long time, what, like, work out with me and do this. And I'm like, no, because I'm sore. Like I don't, and, and the reason that, you know, I was so sore is because of these problems and not actually strengthening the areas of my body that were causing really bad reactions in other areas. So, um, it's so 
relatable and I've, I'm interested in you and um, you said that you are you you're competitive with your powerlifting and that's you're still doing competitions or are you just kind of training in that at that caliber so I was supposed to compete again in May I took about three years off I think I competed like four times within a year which is a lot because you're constantly you know peaking and yeah and you know lifting very very heavy so that was a lot and i was also teaching at um i wasn't working for my mom i was teaching at the barn that we ran our business out of okay and um i was teaching like over 50 lessons a week riding ton of horses a day so i couldn't keep up and i'm like you know this is going to be my my career so I put powerlifting on hold. Yeah. Um, then I moved to North Carolina for a hot second, but <laughs> New York called to that. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so now that I actually have time because I'm essentially my own boss. Yeah. Uh, I'm competing again, but I was supposed to compete in May and now it's in August. Yeah. It's gonna be hard because if we're allowed to show again, then it's just crime. Yeah. Um, I know, so it'll be a balance of that. But so now I actually have a question for you. So, with all of those ailments that you have, would you, and this is like, I wanna, because a lot of riders maybe are feeling pain like that, would you ever stop riding because of them? No. And I mean, I was told, like, I mean, I was full on hospitalized for a while in October because I was just, I think it, it was also neurological because pain works like that, right? Like you almost, um, when you're really set off in some areas, it just gets your nervous system going like, oh my God, and then it spurs on. So, but you know, I was told like, you're never getting back on a horse. I'm like, good luck. I'm not, if I'm, yeah, if I'm dead, <laughs> but- yeah, um, I could run with one leg chopped off. Yeah, and, 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 but, if I could go back and if I could change things, it, it would be uh, like I absolutely um, had no awareness of even just like self-awareness of how I was using my body ever. I was never taught to like think about how you pick up a hay bale or um, bending over all every day, all day, picking feet, lifting tack on horses, and, let alone the riding part, like all of the other things, carrying bags of grain. And, and um, I also didn't, you know, I'm a young, younger person. I'm 27 now, but back when, you know, I was in my earlier 20s, um, I had zero, like my body would give me all these like, ow, something's wrong here. And I had no respect whatsoever. It was like, I'm young, why can't I do this? And I think that there's a lot of equestrians that put their bodies like completely through the ringer and don't take the time to think about things like nutrition and actually wellness and strength training and, and working out outside of the riding part. You know, my comment always was to, to Jeff was like, well, I rode like six horses today. So no, I'm not going to work out <laughs> like, and, and I did, you know, you don't really think about that as a, if no one's telling you it and you don't have experience, but it's just, it's definitely affected me for the rest of my life. I mean, I have injuries that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that I continue to try to work with, but I, I, I have this newfound interest for, um, 
exercise and kind of learning about how nutrition and working out and conditioning and strengthening all come together. I mean, at this point for me, the only person that's gonna help with the situation is myself. Either I stop riding or I figure out a way that I can make my body stronger so that I can continue riding. And so that kind of trickles down into my students now because I'm like, you guys, like, you don't know what's coming for you. Um, so that's amazing that it's almost something that's already integrated into your program and especially when you have such a big program. So, um, but I, I wanted to know, in terms of the powerlifting, what do you think, like, I am very naive. I try to listen, but you know, Jeff tells me all about it. We watch powerlifting videos and that's as much as I take from it half the time. But, um, and he doesn't like, same thing, we're the same age. We get to a point where do we need, like, and he was really, really training extensively when we first met. And it just, I totally understand about what it puts you through and the ups and downs. And um, so that that's not kind of what he works on now, but um, I want to kind of understand where you think that, like how that piece translates into riding and where that strength comes from. It, like where, where the areas are that you use your body for that and how it actually affects you when you're riding and what you've noticed, like in terms of differences when you're riding. So I do a lot of barbell training for, if, if you could, get a barbell and if you have access to it then that's what i want you doing i totally understand where your husband was coming from when he was like you know this is a lot because yeah i'm getting to that point yeah but i don't unless a rider wants to go to that count no and I'm, I'm i'm more so interested in kind of like you and what you're doing with that because it's interesting people want to hear and, and definitely too, I mean, it doesn't, it's not something that makes sense for a lot of riders, but it's just very cool that you do it. So I'd like to know, know more about it and what it does for you. So, okay, so I yeah. was gonna tell you how barbells work for riders. Yeah, yeah. So for me, a lot of it, so I used to be this super, super scrawny person. Hi guys, I'm just going to interrupt here really quickly. If you're listening to this podcast and enjoying the content, specifically the interviews, um, don't forget to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. You can even subscribe so that you're notified when new podcasts do come out. It helps me get awesome guests and more content for you, and it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much, and I'll let you get back to the episode. But um, it gave me a stupid amount of confidence. Amazing. So, you know, I, I, I almost forget how it, it affects me because I've been doing it for so long and I've been riding for so long. But when I go back and look at videos of just my position or, you know, like my leg position over the jump. Yeah. When, I was just going to the gym and doing a ton of cardio. You know, I did every typical thing that everyone does in the beginning. Yeah. I, um, so now it's like I, when I have that bar on my back and I could withstand that amount of weight and hold my position, when I'm on a horse, let's say a younger horse who 
wants to really over jump the jump or land and play yeah. or do whatever, I'm not moving. Yeah. Because I know that, you know, I already have 300 pounds on my back and I stand up or, you know, I can lift that off of the ground and stay the exact same. So as much as I say that there are no sport specific exercises, yeah. you know, like if you want to get better at no stirps, you have to do no stirps. Yes. It, it sucks no matter how strong you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't get any easier. And I'm sorry for all the riders who were hoping that it would. Uh, but it's just, it, it, people take strength training in so many different ways. You yeah. know? So like, no depending on what they're struggling with, I think it affects everybody differently. Mm -hmm. The strength part is always going to affect them the same. So, you know, being unmoved in the saddle, like what I was finding, um, being able to have the stamina or, you know, it, it also teaches you how to be humble and patient, yeah. which is what training young horses you need a lot of, right? Absolutely. So you could relate. Young horses test our patience every single day. Yeah. Um, and we're humbled by them every single day. So when you walk up to the bar, for me, for example, walk up to the bar and I'm like, oh, you know, squatting this weight, it's going to be easy today. And it wasn't. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, I got to step it back a little bit, yeah. Brittany, put your ego down. Yeah. Uh, so just, I think it really depends on the person, but you know, if I look at a timeline of my riding, just my positioning alone and um, my ability to just handle different situations yeah, and it, handle the stress alone of being in this world because it's yes. such a stressful world yeah. that I have an out to go do something that's going to calm me down or, you know, just help me think through certain things, then that's what I love more so than the yeah. body image part. Yeah. It gives you just so many results beyond that. Um, yeah. Do you think that the, um, you know, that you focusing on that helps you with muscle symmetry? I don't know, I'm very naive, but um, I know for my body that I have like huge deficits on one side versus the other. And I know that that also affects our horses. Well, we know that even the chiropractor for our horses can tell us that at times. Um, <laughs> but is that something that you find that like I, or is there a specific kind of group of exercises that you would just, I know that you don't get into the generic stuff and it makes total sense because everyone's so different, but if I have a weak, weak left side and a strong right side, is there specific things that you would suggest as a kind of a strength and conditioning coach um, to kind of target that kind of issue? So if you, let's say you came to me asking me those specific, like, hey, Brittany, yeah. I would first want to see a video of a few exercises, the main one being a squat. Okay. And I'd want to see, you know, if you could do that body weight evenly. And then a lot of the times when you start to add weight and then train that exercise, depending on how uneven you are, yeah. 
your body's gonna even itself out a little bit and then we can get a little more nitpicky okay. uh, about training certain sides. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna kind of let your body do what it wants to do. Actually, where it cut us off last time, I was asking you about if you train for symmetry with riders, because I know that a lot of the times we come into issues with being stronger on one side and not the other. And you were just saying essentially like um, that you would suggest initial exercises and then your body would kind of show you along the way where those issues were and then before targeting anything specifically. But um, we did talk a lot about that training wise and conditioning. So um, my question for you is more um, about if you can tell me, we were just talking before I started recording this, about um, what a typical day or even a typical kind of week looks like. I don't even know if that's such a thing with show season and everything, but just in terms of training at home, coaching the clients that are riding, training horses, and then you also have your own podcast, um, which is the equestrian uh, strike, what, what is it called? It's just Equestrian Strength Coach. Okay, podcast. Equestrian Strength Coach podcast, which you do, and then you have, of course, your your uh, business training virtually and at home. So there's a lot of things that you do, and I wondered if you could kind of walk me through like a typical busy day or kind of busy week and let me know what that looks like. Okay, so under the current circumstances. Right, right. Okay, forget about COVID for now. Um, and tell me what it usually looks like and then I'd like to know how that has affected your business and your day-to-day. -day. So typically my mom and I get to the barn around like seven. Um, we do have a few people that work for us that if we don't go that early or we go earlier than that, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. they'll come in. And then on Tuesdays, we school everybody's horses. So, you know, there are only a few people that'll come for lessons. We usually, Monday the horses have off, Tuesdays we school them all and set them up for the week. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the week, all of our girls will ride. And then, you know, after they come after school and they ride, and then my mom and I kind of tag team teaching, or, you know, I'll teach if we can't do a group lesson, I'll teach if they're a little younger, I'll teach those girls. And then my mom will teach more of like our equitation girls or our bigger riders. Um, and then, then I can go home and work out or I am the kind of person that always needs to be like studying something. Like, I don't know how to stop and do nothing. Yeah. Which I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. In a couple times. Uh, and, and relax. So I'll typically be getting some sort of certification or, you know, like in some membership learning things. And I do that or I'll go, you know, see my boyfriend who is a fabulous groom. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, and then on the weekends, we'll teach the girls all day long. A lot of them have multiple horses that they'll ride, will ride. Um, sometimes we have them 
watch us ride their horses because they don't get to do that during the school days. Mm -hmm. And then they come back home with us, most of them, and I coach them in the gym. That's so cool. So that's kind of how it usually goes. Or, you know, we're away at horse shows. We were at uh, the World Equestrian Center before this all happened. And then mm -hmm. we had to come home, uh, which really stunk because that's one of my favorite horse shows. Yeah. Uh, so they come back and I coach them and they all love to barbell train and everything. So they're excited to get back to that because a lot of them don't have barbells in their house. Yeah. So, yeah. So now that we have this situation underway, um, how has that changed the business? So we're actually a lot busier personally, mm -hmm. like my mom and I, because we're riding everybody's horses, which is a lot of fun because they're all great horses. Um, but we get, my mom will get to the barn at like 5.45 in the morning and, and start doing some work just because she likes to do that. She doesn't have to go that early. Um, yeah. And then my sister and I will tag along behind and we school everyone's horses because we want to make sure that when they're ready to step back into the ring, we're going to go right back to showing. And then I come home and I'll work on you know my podcast or articles. I like to write um, blog posts more because the, I could kind of get more educational material out there and so even though a lot of maybe like my workouts that I post respond better when it comes to like audience mm -hmm. I like to put the educational material out there because that's what my goal is for the equestrian world like that's what I want to offer yeah so I try to do some of that and then I'm still training as much as possible. So when I get to go to my powerlifting meet, I'm ready. Yeah. That's, Other than that. That's wild. I mean, um, you're keeping yourself very busy regardless. But um, <laughs> yeah, I want to know, um, you said that, is there anything that you're currently working on? Like you said that you like to continue learning and getting certifications. Is there anything that um, you're currently working on? Or is that just kind of here and there? So I need to actually um, re-update my strength. So it's called CSCS, re-update my strength and conditioning certification. So I'm going to be doing that. Uh, but after I finished my nutrition certification, I said, we're going to stop for a little bit. Yeah. And because that takes a, all of that studying takes a lot away of what I could be putting out and using that time to kind of educate other people on what I just learned. Yeah. So I'm trying to take a break and then work on my podcast as much as I can and blog articles and um, everything like that. That's awesome. And do you want to just let me know, I perused your podcast uh, titles and I've listened to one, but do you want to let everyone know kind of what your focus is there? Is it like a merge of the equestrian and the strength and conditioning training? That's exactly what it is. Okay. So when it uh, comes to strength and conditioning, there's no reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. And then when you see all of the kind of crazy workouts that look super cool, yeah, that's almost tr attempting to reinvent the wheel. And then they're not going to see as much progress as they want, or they're kind of going to just spin themselves in circles and they're 
not going to progress anywhere other than maybe burning some calories every time they work out. So I try to take the basics of, I like to talk about it as flat work. So there's no reinventing the wheel when you want to do your flat work. You know, like you could throw, if you're struggling and I hate this, so I never do it, you could throw a harder bit in, you could throw some draw grains on, you could make a martingale super tight, you know, all of that stuff that I hate doing is it's kind of like what people try to do when they come up with these crazy exercises. Right. So almost like masking things, it doesn't work. So I try to take the basics of strength and conditioning and nutrition and relate it to riders because there's so many platforms that want to get so specific that it it's almost made up. Like, right. It, you know, you're you're digging such a big hole that there's nothing's there. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, and um, just what works works is kind of your like basis is just instead of trying to overcomplicate things or make quick fixes as we do with horses and flat work as well um so you're trying to merge kind of the foundation with so exactly so you have your foundation and then you have everybody as an individual yeah so when you see these diets that it works for certain people or even even workout programs not everybody needs to train the same yeah it's you look at them as what do they like to do what are their goals how are we going to get there for them and the same thing goes for nutrition so it's i try to make it as simple as possible for the riders yeah and then get them on whatever path fits their lifestyle, not a certain diet. They don't ever have to touch a barbell if they really don't want to. Yeah. Is super beneficial. It is. Am I gonna try to get them there? Of course. Yeah. But you know, you kinda have to dig deep into the person to see what they want and then go from there. Which is so funny because as a trainer, like I can just take the word person out and put horse because it's exactly the same. Exactly. They're so different and we have to come up with so many different ways to teach them all the same thing. So exactly. why wouldn't it be like like that for us as people and riders? So yeah, that's a great point. Um, moving on from that, do you have, I never asked you about, do you have like a heart horse or a horse that you work on personally? And, and tell me a little bit about if there was ever one that kind of has stuck in your heart? Oh, so I have one right now that I just sold to one of our students. His name is Thanos. Uh, I bought him from the Czech Republic last year, I think. Yeah, over the summer. And uh, as a five-year-old, he was very, very green, just with what he knew, he was saintly. Yeah. And he's awesome. So he'll be her equitation horse and, and derby horse. But growing up as a kid, if I could have had that animal, oh my gosh, I would yeah. love that animal. But I, as a rider, there are very, very few horses that I don't relate to, you know, because all of our students' horses, and I'm sure you may do the same thing, I know those horses like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. So we constantly build a relationship. We tack, you know, can we have our horses tacked for us when we're riding a bunch of horses? Yes. 
the way we like to do it is we like to uh, tag the horses that we're riding because we spend that amount of time with them, build a relationship, um, and do all of that. But that's fantastic. And I have Pumba that yeah. <laughs> we spoke about. Yeah, he's my rescue. That's awesome. uh, I rescued him from the slaughter. So. Well, that's so cool. No, and I I totally get the student or client horse thing because. Uh, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, you spend so much time with them. It's like they're also, you're building that relationship as one of your own. Yeah. So I have a hard time picking favorites, but um, do you have any specific aspirations for yourself as a rider or you're happy just kind of doing the training or you get more out of kind of having a client or a rider succeed in the show ring? Um, any like long-term goals there? It's funny that you brought this up because I was just thinking about this mm -hmm. the past couple of days. I have bought a lot of horses in in uh, the time that I've been training and I've bought a lot of young horses and I typically sell them before I really do yes. anything yes. with them. I'm and like I'm right there with you. I'm always like, why didn't I hold on to it? I know, I'm like, everything's for sale all the time. Of course. Um, and I'm, I always, the way I think about things is, is long-term investments and in how I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life, right? So I need to be able to make the biggest impact I possibly can. So, you know, am I personally training kids that are gonna go do youth set finals next year? I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, my mom will and I'll get there one day. But I actually was just looking at horses to buy for myself and do the jumpers with, because I've always done the hunters. And yeah. um, one of my longtime goals since I was a kid was to do a mega, mega hunter derby at, you know, it, it was called the working hunters back then. Now it's like the performance hunters. Yeah. Um, at, you know, four foot, whatever and go do that. So that is definitely a goal. I'm looking into buying a jumper now because I kind of get stuck in the circle of, okay, well, I'm gonna go to the horse show and I'm coaching and I'm just schooling the horses and I don't have time to show. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of put that investment in myself because if I plan to do this for the rest of my life, it sure as hell be able to, better be able to step in the ring and lay it out. Yeah. So that's yeah. just the way I think so. I'm looking at a few jumpers. That's so exciting. That's awesome. Mostly. Do you guys do a lot of imports? Uh, almost everything, yeah. Amazing. Import. That's so cool. That's something that yeah. I'm not, we're not really, like I, at least my caliber of clientele, and I know a lot of the farms around here um, generally, I guess, you know what, that's not true. A lot of, there's a lot of people that do import around here, but it's not something that I ever, experience growing up so I'm always really interested to hear people's experiences with that. Do you travel out that way or do you have contacts that we have contacts. Yeah, okay. So growing up uh, we always did imports and um, when we had our own farm and we did a lot of imports and a lot of foals. We had a lot of foals. Yeah I was gonna ask if you breed then. We um my mom would do it outside of the farm and you know the the foal would stay with its mom for however long it needed to, and then we had like a massive paddock and and a barn within that paddock for them. We actually just got one. Um, I'm forgetting the 
who it's bred by now, something Simili. I don't know. Oh, cool. Um, so we have a fall in Europe now, and um, that one will come over in a few years. But, but we import 95% of our horses. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I'll have to save all my questions outside of this or it's gonna run so long, but um, I just wanted to kind of let everybody know where they can find you as we wrap up. Um, there's so many things I could ask you, but I'm gonna try to keep this. This we, we, we talked a lot before too. Um, well, you have to, I'll have to get you to come back on and chat because I do have a lot of different questions after we've talked, but um, where is the best place to find you, contact you? Um, that kind of thing. Instagram, definitely. Okay. Uh, it's the equestrian strength coach and everything is pink. Yeah. <laughs> so you won't miss it. That's awesome. And you have um, a, you have a website also, right? Yes, I do. And you could read their ton of, well, not a ton, but a significant amount of blog posts that you could read for if you're wondering how strength training kind of relates to riding and certain things you could be doing. All of that's on there. But all of training things, you know, daily workouts that I've been trying to do for people since they're stuck at home. Yeah. That's all on Instagram. Have you definitely like kind of pivoted in that sense with your business trying to do that at home stuff while we're in this lockdown situation? Definitely because people doing something is better than doing nothing. And I always try to tell people and, and be very honest with them that I'm giving you this body weight workout, but this is not the best bang for your buck. So if you could buy weights and, and do this instead, you should do that because I don't want them to settle and say, okay, well, this is always going to help my ride. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So I try to be very honest about that. No, for sure. And that's awesome too, that you're giving free content to people, especially when they're all, everybody's on their phones at home right now too. So, um, but yeah, I can tell you're a big proponent of using weight rather than yeah. not. Yeah. That's fantastic. Definitely. That's cool. Um, but yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to connect again. Cause this was really fun. I learned so much and, um, yeah, you're such an interesting person. You have a very interesting business and you're very busy doing a lot of stuff. So that's fantastic. And if anybody wants to contact you, I will also, of course, when this comes out, I'll link everything for everyone, but thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. You. This was so much fun. Thank you.